0: all right guys we have the intro to the intro so you know we're doing some cool stuff um i wanted to talk to y'all a little bit about this uh this is a new uh sponsor yeah we got a sponsor for the podcast um and it's none other than bad motivator barrels uh go to badmotivatorbarrels.com i'm gonna set it down (laughs) <laughs> go to badmotivatorbarrels.com and uh, find you a good barrel. Uh, go to the checkout. You put coupon code SHAMAN5, and I'll give you 5% off that barrel. Um, this is a limited time offer. Uh, we're going to run this for a little while and see how see how it works. Uh, these guys have really tight margins. So... Get, get it while you can. And also they have a wait list of people trying to get the barrels. So get in there and get them before the holiday rush. That's why we're doing this a little early um so that you don't have the uh to worry about the holiday rush you're gonna run out. And you're probably thinking well I'm not a craft distillery. I'm not a hypothetical whiskey maker. Um why would I want one? Well like I've said before, um, for one, they're cool as hell on the shelf, <laughs> um, and they have different char levels, toast levels. They're doing all cool, all sorts of cool stuff with like uh, uh, old bourbon barrels and stuff like that. Um, but why would you want one? Um, because you want to. You, if you're really into whiskey, part of that is changing whiskey and learning about it and stuff like that. So. Taking it and putting whiskey in another barrel and double oaking it or something like that is a really cool concept. So uh, go to your local. There's a local distillery by you. I'm sure there is. Get some of their new make, fill one of these barrels, and make your own whiskey. It's totally legal. Nothing, nothing uh, in the line there. So get you one of those. Uh, fill it up. It's super cool. Yeah. It takes a little time and effort and stuff like that, but if you're really into whiskey and you want to nerd out on it, that's the best way to do it. So again, go to badmotivatorbarrels.com at at, uh, checkout. Make sure you put Shaman 5 because you get 5% off that barrel. And I cannot thank uh, Chris over at Badmo enough for uh, taking a chance and sponsoring us. And I really appreciate that. And I appreciate all the listeners. And... Y'all have fun. Be safe. And also, uh, stay tuned. The podcast is coming. It's a banger. I'm going to tell you right now, this podcast is going to be a banger. So until next time, keep your spirits up, guys. All right. Welcome back, guys. So today we got something a little special for you, and I and I hope you guys enjoy it, because I enjoy uh, this particular person myself, not uh, physically, that's kind of weird, but uh, <laughs> today we have Kyle with Crowded Barrel, and he is their brewer slash distiller, and we're going to get into a little bit about more, more what that means, but uh, Kyle, if you want to tell everybody if you want them to follow you or find you, where they can find you, and a little bit about yourself.
1: Uh, well, you can pretty much find me at work at of Barrel. I usually don't use social media for followers. I just use it to keep track of other distilleries and breweries. I just use it uh, as I'm a lurker on social media,
0: much. <laughs> <laughs> And that's totally fine. That's totally fine. There, there's the ones that post everything they do all day long. And then there's the others that are like, hey, I see what you're doing over there. So I, I totally understand yeah. it. So give us a, give us a little background on kind of what got you, obviously, uh, like I said, you're the the brewer slash distiller at Crowded Barrel. Um, kind of give us a little background on what got you into that, um, legalities aside and all that. What what kind of got you into that whole realm? And then we can kind of delve into the thing that is the Crowded
1: Barrel. Uh, I'd say it probably all started when a friend of mine got a Mr. Beer homebrew kit for okay. Christmas and we did it together it turned out awful but then i i had a little bit more interest about making beer so i looked into it and i found stuff online Um uh, some cool stuff and i found homebrew shops and i went and talked to those guys and that started my almost 15 years now homebrew journey and just making beer uh usually a couple times a month Wow, to okay. one type a month on average for fifteen years. Uh, so, from there, okay. mm-hmm.
0: no. No, I was yeah. going to say so. So having that that experience, you really kind of geeked it geeked in about all the yeast and the you know the fermentation and stuff like that. So that segues into the into the future. But continue your story.
1: Sorry. Yeah. So I, yeah, I was never really uh, someone that cooked. Uh, I never really liked making meals, but when I got home brewing, it's kind of similar, but Mm -hmm. I loved it so much more. And I discovered there's uh, different equipment, different gadgets, different things you can DIY. So I got to geek out on um, just be able to build stuff or test stuff, experiment with stuff. Uh, Then I decided I kind of wanted to get more into whiskey. I kind of knew I liked whiskey. I think the first thing that kind of opened my brain up was uh, Woodward, Woodford Reserve Double Oats. Mm-hmm. And that was like, kind of the first, wow, this is kind of special. A couple of years later, I got bored uh, and just typed in um, whiskey reviews, whiskey something on YouTube. And guess what I found? <laughs> the whiskey tribe, the whiskey vaults. Yeah. And I think I landed right around By the first episode of Whiskey Tribe, which was called Whiskey Biscuits.
0: Oh, yeah. Yep.
1: That got me hooked on geeking out on just whiskey on its own.
0: Yeah.
1: And then when COVID hit, there was less to do on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And uh, that homebrew beer I was making kind of sat in the cake longer because there was no one to drink it except me. (laughs) So I looked up uh, distilling. I'm like, you know what? I'm kinda already halfway there. What would it take if I kinda played around with that? So I definitely didn't play around with that. Right. Right. I didn't get oh. any equipment. Uh I didn't make if I were to do something, I would make a bourbon. I was looking at a lot of people will make moonshine. And I wasn't really interested in the moonshine. I wasn't really interested in just maximum ABV. thought, go what ahead. would it take to go quality over quantity? So I figured if I were going to do anything, got to go bourbon. Mm-hmm. And then I discovered uh, someone sells new charred oak five gallon barrels. Thought, <laughs> oh, that would be a cool thing to use. Hypothetically, of course. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so that, that's really cool. So it started out with a passion for beer. So you already had that mm-hmm. background and then it kind of morphed into, you know, um, and I'm, and I'm sure you were following Jesse and, and his, his journey. Once you started geeking out on that um, oh, yeah. and then, yep. <laughs> and then it goes, and then it takes you down a totally different gamut of here's all the brewing stuff, but then here's a whole nother world of, things that to to research and and to to ask questions on and get on the forums and stuff like that and um now there can be some chicanery on the on the forums and the reddit and stuff like that but if you find a good one uh everybody said the hd forum was was pretty good um you know yeah. i was really never one for the forum so you know that's i don't i don't know if you yeah, we were they, but
1: they tend to be vast and messy yeah so yeah. it's, it's hard, it's difficult to kind of find the uh, information that looks legit and other people are saying similar things. Yeah. Versus, and then, or even uh, see, finding a follow-up. Like, oh, I did this thing because of this reason. Yeah. And then no follow-up. So it's like, okay, what happened? And they're very old posts. So I do think yeah. there'll be a follow-up. Yeah, exactly. Um,
0: and yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. But
1: kind of like, hey, if you're, uh, if you're already making beer, you're kind of 70% of the way to distill it. Yep. Already.
0: And so where where does that lead you kind of after that? Um you were kind of um, tink- tinkering around a little bit, uh, you know, and then and then then what happened?
1: Uh well, I was working in aerospace for about 10 years. And before that, I was a mechanic. So mm. ethnically, ethnically, I'm a mechanic. Okay. And that also tends to be the fields where all these new guys open up breweries and facilities come from. They're geeks. They're yeah. scientists. They're researchers. They're mechanics. They're lab people. They're yeah. engineers. Mm-hmm. They're IT people. Yeah. So I was guess I was one of them that kind of joined yeah. up with everyone else did and. That's kind of what, I think that's part of what made the discovery and homebrewing so interesting is because these same people were also geeking out and showing off their cool girls, their cool setups. But uh, also because of COVID, I wasn't really doing much where I was. I discovered there was nothing I missed because everything was closed. I didn't miss anything out in California. And my parents have been trying to get me to move up here to Texas. Uh, over uh, West Austin, so when I said, you know what, I think I want to move, I think I'm ready, uh, to my stepbrothers, they were already ready, so they're like, okay, they went ahead of me, <laughs> and then uh, I wrapped up, you know, my work, uh, hung out for a little bit, and then came over probably a year and a half ago, I believe, and when I knew I was coming, I sent out just kind of resumes. I just threw cold emails to places like Crowned Barrel, Acapon Brewing, Suds Monkey Brewing, just kind of local breweries. Because I knew before I had to get a real job, I have a chance to like at least try working in the industry that I've been geeking out on for so long, and just see how I like it. So couple weeks after i got here i got a uh well i met rex somewhere we ended up at the uh, same event Mm -hmm. and uh, i talked to him there and uh someone else that rex and i know mutually i had helped him out so i got kind of a uh, props from him to rex so that helped my name yeah so i think rex then gave my name to daniel and i got a call from daniel and went and did an interview and a lot of that is just ending up where i am now i think timing was one of the biggest things yeah because uh peter who was distilling running the still at that time he was going to a new very very high paying job (laughs) yes so he he was going and they needed someone and i just Happen to show up at the right time, yeah, and kind of meet the right people at the right time, and that got me in Double Distillery, helping Peter out, and then from there, I said, uh, "Okay, let's." I know you kind of wanted someone to be a brewer so you could start making recipes from scratch. Mm-hmm. So I started building up the tiny brewing system, like a little. 50 to 20 gallon brewing system so that that could be distilled in our smaller still right got that up up and running and then from there more stuff started showing up more stuff started changing the crowded barrel yeah the new abe brewing equipment showed up uh more people showed up more projects showed up more barrels more finishing barrels more stuff to bottle and it just kind of it's grew from there a little over a year ago. And wow. it's growing still. It's still Absolutely. getting bigger. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and so for for the for the listeners that, that don't know, Crowded Barrel um, is a very unique distillery in that it is 100% crowdsourced. I say 100%. Obviously, the crowd is not making the actual product, but everything that goes into Making the product is from the Patreon of the Whiskey Tribe. So explain explain that a little bit to our to our listeners so they can kind of kind of understand it. Because uh, you probably know a little bit more of it than I do. I mean, obviously, I do the po- I you know click on what I like on there, but that's about that's about all yeah. I do.
1: Yeah. So the Patreon started up while it was pretty much just uh, Whiskey Tribe videos. And as soon as they started a Patreon, I joined it. And then they started talking about or just doing, you know, they do their wacky episodes on Whiskey Tribe every week. But then it just kind of came up like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we kind of did our own stuff, if we did our own bottling? And that kind of turned into, okay, what if we had a distillery? It's like, hey, there's this money from Patreon. What if we do something that they might want to do it Why they might want to see us do instead of just sitting on it and that money does nothing like let's build something maybe and they built the fang and feather and it's kind of cool to see that go from trees and dirt to yeah. a slab to a building to a tiny distillery and tasting room yeah. and that money just kind of got them going they're able to buy barrels and then put out the eleanor studies and everyone just wanted more of that there was enough people that said yeah give me that yeah so those small batches were gone very quickly those were claimed up um then like that was a little bit more revenue so that combined with patreon they said okay let's actually we think we could do it for real and that's my understanding it's like hey let's do it for real let's build a full-size distillery everyone vote which where should we buy our equipment from who should we buy it from once they picked a okay what setup is it going to be so Patron picked the setup and then once that was bought there was a fundraiser that was the royal bastard bottle Mm -hmm. and that was okay this bottle is a little bit extra money but this is going to pay to get all that expensive equipment actually connected and running so Mm -hmm. that's been running making uh, things that are coming in the next uh, maybe two years at minimum Mm -hmm. because there's stuff in barrels and they're not ready yet. <laughs> They're yeah, less than yeah. two years old. Right. Um, and continuing to do recipes that were also designed by Patreon, like the single mom. We're still making single mom. Where uh, the bomb recipe is the bourbon of magnificent bastard. Uh, part of that was made on the aid still. It came from balcones as low lines and then all the spirit runs were done on the aid. Those got put in the barrels. And then they did that Phoenix release, which was redistilled 15-year-old whiskey. Uh, I came in, I believe, at the tail end of that, where Peter was just finished up. So he was able to say he did the entire run of that Phoenix redistilled like whiskey. And then with him, I started making unpeated synchronous which is sitting in barrels and then kind of moving on from there we're hopefully when we get the brewing system hooked up we'll actually be making everything in-house instead of picking it up from back up on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: uh because a lot of that's that's based on their schedule yeah, yeah. uh they're they can only brew so much worse because they have their own busy schedule I they yeah they got, beer, on, they got beer on, beer on they on beer. their they system yeah, yeah. uh but, when we get our brewing system hooked up, then we can kind of go as much as we want. and get wow. our stuff in barrels faster. The stuff that was designed by Patreons, even the new whiskey quest stuff where we recently designed a uh, Patreon designed an Irish whiskey. Oh, yeah, and they designed a new weird multi and very multi whiskey that is I'm currently brewing now, and I don't even have parts yet for it. I don't oh, have wow. spirit yet to taste but soon i will this month and right. then we can taste that if we like it if, if patreon likes our tasting notes and they want to move forward with it then that'll be another thing to make on our brewing equipment and right that could be in-house
0: that's that is that is so crazy how and and i mean it, uh, th- those of you who don't know you know the Crowded of barrel it's a very small distillery area and it started out just as the tasting room and the disti- little distillery in the back they were using what like a 20 25 gallon still it wasn't yeah 20, it wasn't very
1: 20 gallons still yeah, yeah
0: it wasn't very big and they were creating product but like the thing was the patreon was luckily for for the whiskey tribe the patreon was large enough and almost too large at some points where like, if you weren't the first one on the list, because they only released the releases to Patreon, so it would be it would be sold in 60 seconds. I mean, you couldn't even hardly get the bottles fast enough. And um, so now that you guys are able to, in the very, very near future, and you already are, upscaling everything to where you're able to fill more barrels, you're able to get more barrels aging, it's just going to make it easier for you to get a product out, maybe not on the shelves, um, you know, because that that would require almost 24-7 work, but uh, at least have enough in the tasting room where you can sell bottles to random people who walk in. So
1: that that's pretty cool. Yeah, definitely not on the shelves, but more uh, releases more often and stuff that actually makes it to the public right. so that it could actually be mentioned on a Tribe episode <laughs> and then people in the public could go buy it yeah. a week after all the patrons get their... Chance to buy it, buy it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it is. It is such a crazy community, really. I mean, I say crazy, not well. Okay, it's freaking crazy, but <laughs> but like it's such a crazy community because like the people are so into it, to mm-hmm. like to. I I can't even imagine. Like I know of people, you know. I've been a tribe member since the beginning as well, and like I know people that come from other countries and they bring suitcases that they fill and i mean they're probably getting 20 30 bottles that they've ordered over the last year or whatever and they're just picking up all their patreon orders and stuff like that it is so crazy the amount of people that are i i hate to say ride or die for crowded barrel like they are just like (laughs) we don't care what you're making like literally you could you could literally just Throw some crap in a jar and we take it. I mean, that's that's kind of how they are. Um, but like well, y'all well, we have y'all, Daniel
1: to make sure that doesn't happen.
0: <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Yeah. D- Daniel is a stickler um about about flavors and stuff like that. But um also like y'all do a lot of crazy. I mean, obviously with with having that group there, y'all do a lot of crazy experiments as well. Um, you know, some call them meme you know, meme spirits or whatever you want to call them. Um, But like, is there anything on there? And I know that I, I'm probably shooting myself in the foot by saying this. Is there anything that y'all did a test batch of that is actually you're wanting to larger scale it? Like the, what did you do? The, oh crap. The Oreos or the whatever y'all tried to distill. Is there any of those that, that are potentially going to be upscaled because they were actually pretty good?
1: Um, There's, they looked in the possibility that they submitted the recipe for Oreos to TTB, mm-hmm. and they had, apparently they had meetings about it because they said, what is this? We don't know how to treat this. But stuff like that could be a real mess. Yes,
0: yeah. Legality wise, for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And if we weren't, busy producing, you know, uh Patreon recipes or trying to get product that we could distill from other sources, then yeah, we might do some of the weird stuff, the Oreo you know, stuff, but a lot of that will distill stuff tends to be uh, not very cost prohibitive because yeah. you're buying a finished and sold product. Yeah. To then ferment and distill. Yeah. So the cost to do those things would be extremely high. Yeah. I mean, yeah. maybe if we it'd be cool if we could get, you know, a couple of totes worth of Capri Sun yeah. and ferment that. That'd yeah. be fun. That would be fun. But versus uh, opening thousands and thousands of individual packs. Yeah.
0: yeah. Now, now you will you recently did the Assassin's Mead, which um I, uh, recently it was probably what a year ago <laughs> or more anyway but it was yeah, I think it was
1: two years ago was it, was was it least...
0: two years ago? good Lord. yeah I ha- maybe I ha- more I, I got to try it in the distillery and I bought a bottle of it and still haven't opened it because you know I just get things and I'm like hey this is cool you know like the alliance series like I went through the alliance series and you know just kind of kept them and you know <laughs> like I don't actually drink through them I don't know why but uh but yeah like Do all these cool things that what they're doing is they're for one, you know, like you like you like you said you're not you're not the master distiller you're not you're still learning through the process on this as well as everybody else in the Patreon. So like getting all of these different flavored things which are weird and potentially dangerous, especially the the sour cream and onion uh, Pringles that was just weird anyway. But like. But but it's also giving you good good markers for like what this flavor carryover is and like all of those things. And how do you feel like that has how like has it helped your brewing and distilling career, if you want to call it a career? Has it helped that or has it hindered it in a way to where you're like, I don't even know what the hell I'm tasting anymore?
1: Oh yeah. Like you said, it definitely helps to see what kind of stuff carries over. What kind of things actually have oils and white spices to it that do make it through that distillation product a lot of stuff kind of ends up more just tasting like uh bad sugar wash yeah just yeah. but there are some things that uh have a huge impact like the, the peppermint candies that peppermint oil came all the way through yeah so yeah. oily stuff oily uh i guess I kind of want to call it essential oils. <laughs> yeah, it it, car- it carries over, and it right. makes something kind of really interesting. Yeah.
0: So so since you have all or you're getting all the the brewing equipment hooked up, what has there been talk of doing a beer as well?
1: Uh, well, our brewing equipment doesn't include a boil kettle. Oh. Which we would need to Absolutely. pasteurize it. And Absolutely. Isomerize our hops and get the bitterness. Yeah. But okay. If we if we did, that'd be much further in the future, right? But it'd probably be maybe on something like a twenty gallon system, right? Where you know maybe we could produce uh, a few kegs uh, a quarter, yeah, and that can be on tap at uh, one of the other buildings that we have,
0: right? Right. Because I know I know y'all are, and I don't. I'm guessing this is linked to Crowded Barrel. You're doing a pretty big expansion as well and like where the welcome center was Um, yeah are gonna have a expansion. yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah they're gonna do like a big bar and everything oh that that's tied to the crowd of barrel correct yes okay okay so yeah they're gonna have like a big bar and all that kind of stuff over there so that's that's gonna be really cool so the expansion um and also you're clearing out a bunch of a bunch of room for more connexes to put barrels in too is that correct
1: yeah looking at putting a rickhouse and get all those barrels into one location, and that'll make room uh, where some of the barrels are, clear out those and then have a uh, lots of space for brewing and bottling. Yeah, and yeah, maybe, big, maybe step up our bottling game and get more out there faster. So maybe, maybe in that case, something ends up on a shelf somewhere.
0: Yeah. I mean, because i've I've been uh, on the on the back of the bottling line once or twice. And, uh, it's a slow roll. Um, it's a very meticulous, uh, thing, putting the labels on, making sure they're straight, making sure everything's in order, then filling the, you know, it's like, it's, it's very meticulous, which that that's part of the whole aesthetic of the, of the the business is kind of handcrafting everything. Everything is touching, you know, everything, but, um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's crazy.
1: So, um, what was I going to ask? Yeah, I hate that. Finding, uh, find, yeah. <laughs> finding a, somewhere to put things is a big hassle. Yeah, So that's why getting barrels in a different spot, getting equipment moved to a better spot, that means you're not running into things that you need to move and you have to move them several times just so you could actually work and do bottling, and do barrel dumps. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, pre- it's pretty bad when you've got to move all this crap out of the way just to set up this one thing to do yeah. that and then move it all back. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, but it's also one of those things. Those are the kind of the growing pains of a business, mm-hmm. you know, you just kind of deal with it and move on. Um, so I'll ask you this, what of the projects that you've done so far, which one was your, your favorite as of right now?
1: Favorite project? Uh, it was kind of fun to get uh, faints from Balcones. Yeah. So uh, that's their pretty much their leftovers from Spirit Run. We got a weeded bourbon and their rye. Wow. And we got a, a few totes of their faints. And I was able to put that back in the still, squeeze a little bit more hearts out of it, and actually fill a few barrels with that stuff. And that rye made the distillery smell like red velvet cake. Man,
0: that's it pretty was,
1: awesome. That's that's probably one of my favorite distillations.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a uh, and 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 if those of y'all who don't know, balcones is a major distillery here in Texas, and uh, they're doing some really cool things. And they're, I mean, they're everywhere. They're all they're all over the world. Uh, I saw people saw them in in Scotland and all kinds of places. So, um, but yeah, the fact that y'all can get their low wines, which to them is basically scraps, they're not really going to use them. They might you do a queen's run later with them or something, but um, yeah. you know they're not really using them that much. So the fact that they gave them to the y'all to where you could do something with them, uh, that's that's pretty cool. And that's one of the cool things about the especially the Texas whiskey scene is everybody's really cool about helping each other out um because you were talking about uh you know the first single bomb was a peated uh peated, peated malt, and uh, y'all were getting the malt from Andalusia correct
1: yeah we would uh drop off you know half the malt for that brew day over in Andalusia they'd smoke it and then all that malt would get dropped off at Acapon they would brew it then we got to take that 125 gallons over to a barrel and start distilling it. And we're still but, doing that. <laughs> but well, um, actually, but we're smoking it in-house now.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was fixing to say that now you have your own smoke shack, uh, which is pretty cool. Um it, uh if you guys ever get to Crowded Barrel, you need to go look at the smoke shack. You'll know if it's smoking for sure because uh it'll it'll smoke up the whole the
1: whole place. Yeah, yeah, that shed has a permanent it's permanent smell though. Yeah. If you if you just walk into that shed a month after we smoked, your clothes will smell like pink smoke.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so, have you thought about smoking? You know, because Andalusia does their striker, which is like a wood smoked. Have y'all ever thought about doing a different type of smoke pro, uh, profile um, on, you know, like a specific run of single mom? Do maybe a hardwood smoked or, a, you know, whatever, not cedar, but like something like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely do uh, another run with wood smoke uh, as soon as still kind of dialing in the shed because I want to get more shelving in there. So right now I could only fit uh, three bags of grain, which would be half of the wheel. Yeah. But I'd like to fit in a lot more bags so I can uh, smoke more on one day and have a few batches worth Right. and kind of get maybe even a different smoker just to make that smoking a lot more efficient. Mm-hmm. And I'm also worried about irish peat right now so yeah. i've read that they're shutting down the box part of time. so we ordered yeah. i found a website that had a really good price on the irish peat bricks so i ordered a bunch of it <laughs> just so at least to make sure we have enough to get through a decent run of the irish peat single model
0: right right because that's uh that's part of the part of the whole reason to have irish peat is the irish peat um yeah, it, and I've heard of that too. And um, you know, I know there's a lot of uh, U.S. grown peat as well. I don't know the profile on it as if it's yeah. as as peated as even the Irish, which Irish peat is a fairly light peat compared to, say, a Scottish peat. Um, have, you, yeah. have you have you have you looked into any of that?
1: Uh, well, I talked to Moose about uh, smoking. I went over to mm-hmm. Andalusia get some information about smoking process and he's actually playing around with Dakota Pete. And he says that Pete is a, kind of more like, I believe, a Freud Pete. Oh, wow. Which oh. I'm like, hey, would, hey I haven't that. That looks nice. <laughs> yeah, but it comes in a dirt powder form. Okay. So I got to figure out if I could have it made into maybe pellets or compressed bricks so that I could slow burn it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But that we'll just, would be cool to try
0: yeah you don't just throw dirt on the fire and expect it to smoke that's not really how it how <laughs> oh, it
1: works burn up real quick
0: <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah i remember moose saying that about the the that peat, and he made some barrels with it so i'm excited to see what the revenant oak in well probably three years right. or two years is yeah. like and that and that's the crazy thing like you have to deal with what you have in front of you like if you can't get the peat oh crap now what the I mean do you call it something else I mean it's the same thing we're just using a different peat I mean it makes it really difficult (laughs) to maintain consistency when you can't maintain consistency because I don't know about grains and stuff like that where you guys are getting your grains from but um, I've heard of other people saying it's hard for them to get grains from the same source so they're having to source it from from different places so is that is that something yeah. you're having an issue with as well?
1: Yeah. Well, I noticed different maltsters will have their own uh peated grains Yeah. But they're definitely gonna taste different from each other. So yeah there could there would have to be a lot of experimentation on which one do you like? And then yes, can you get it uh consistently? Yeah. Um right now, like we're just buying mostly the marisadder, the mm-hmm. Thomas Bossett Marisotter, that's easy to get. Yeah. And yeah. that's something that Acapon uses and they specialize in British style beer. They went and visited that monster. So, Oh, wow. I trust, I trust their choice for that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: O- 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 Acapon is doing some really cool stuff. Um, their, their, their beer is pretty great. Um, I'm not a huge beer person, you know, I'm more of a vlogger type or, uh, you know, a pilsner, but I mean, I like a good IPA every once in a while, but, you know, it, um, the beer profile, um, when you use like all the specific, like the crystal malts and all that stuff, it does create a different profile, um, in the mm-hmm. finished spirit through distillation. Um, because I know, um, there's some distilleries out there that are using like, uh, crystal 60, which is a pretty, not super toasted, but a super, a pretty toasted malt. And, you know, they're getting different even throwing a little chocolate malt in there just to give it a little different uh, flavor profile. So, so yeah. So, I my my question would be, is <laughs> and and this this might this is not to stab myself. Um, is crowded barrel in itself a a marketing well marketing plan is fine, but a, a, a in a distillery plan is it the right way to do a distillery? um because i I mean because to me to me i'm like i mean yes i love all the crazy projects and like we need to get um you know approval for this and get approval for this Mm -hmm. so what does that do that stops you from doing the thing that you need to do to push it forward so like i have this grains i need to do this but i need your approval on that so it just kind of puts a little uh Hitching the get along all the whole way. It's great. It's a community building thing. But at the same time, it's like if you were
1: trying to run an efficient distillery, (laughs) it's not the best uh, model at all. Yeah, we got so many different labels going on. They all need approval. They all need uh, artwork done. They all need to go to print and make sure they come back uh, the right size or uh, the right finish. Um, That's a big hiccup. Uh, but that's kind of what we we do like doing that over there. It's kind of yeah. fun to be able to bring in all the source, all these different whiskeys and do that. And then just on, it's like on the side make stuff on our still just kind of to serve patron just kind of do cool stuff that maybe no one else is doing and stuff that the, the patrons specifically ask for. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so
0: so that kind of throws me into this. Uh, talk to me about the primal spirit, um, and if the the listeners don't know, it's a. I don't. I don't even know how to explain it. It's basically a. It's showing the difference between a pot still distillation and a column still distillation. Kind of explain that to our to our listeners.
1: Yeah, I had. Uh, Bit I've been running uh unpeated single malt so it's just 100% mare soldered. so that's just single malt malt uh, standard recipe double pot still so that has been going into a couple of barrels and sometimes I'd have leftovers of that it would just be put aside somewhere and then I'd also have all the feints I collected so I could do queen's runs of the same thing I thought hey I don't think we've used this column yet I'm going to use this column. I'll do it on a Queen's run, play with it, see what I could get out of it, and we'll get some really cool footage of it because that column has uh, the cylinder is transparent, mm-hmm. so you could see the the level of all the distillate and going through all those bubble plates, which is super cool. Yeah, um, I think there, there's an episode somewhere we could kind of see that. It looks it looks rad. So I discovered I was able to squeeze uh a pretty good amount of hearts from it because it's coming out so clean mm-hmm. but I couldn't achieve 190 proof which would be vodka. Right. The highest I got I got it out at 182. Okay. Which not too bad, but it did come out like a a bulk flavored vodka. Okay. And a lot cleaner uh, than the pot still. The pot still is funky. That's got a bunch of compounds in it that you want to go age in a barrel and oxidize and break down and turn into all kinds of fun stuff. The column still is like, hey, this is kind of cool on its own. We just don't know what to do with it yet. So that <laughs> just kind of sat until we started thinking about AV comparisons. And we're talking about AV comparisons. It's in, hey, I've got both of these things. It's the same product. One of them's just been distilled multiple times and cleaned up. Right. One is the stuff that is ready to go in the barrel. Like, hey, if you guys want to do an AV type of thing, we have that. So, yeah, let's do that. We've the boat down to Hunter. Now we've got a cool little side by side. But it's not something that would sell on a shelf, really. Right. It's this do make just such a different animal from an aged spirit it's for the whiskey nerds yes. solely for the whiskey nerds yeah uh,
0: that's crazy that that really that really is because like there's i i get a lot of people ask me all the time what's the difference between you know uh you you always see the on um, like balconas pot still bourbon and then you'll see other ones you know that are on a hybrid column still rectifying still whatever um what is the difference and the fact that you guys can break that down to bare bones and say here's the white now obviously a white a white spirit is going to be a little different than a whiskey like you said but like you'll be able to taste the flavor differences between those two and that's super cool because for the whiskey nerd and for the people who are interested in that that's one of those things where they can go and say this is this is this this is the whole flavor profile of it this is the flavor profile bit. And it's just a cool comparison for somebody to have in their, I hate to say whiskey arsenal to be like, if somebody was to ask them, you could say, Hey, I got those two let us Let's sit there and sample it. Not that people, you know, have the guy that's going to ask that at their house all the time, but you know, <laughs> just in case, just in case you got it. Um, so yeah, that, that to me, that one was, was super cool because it just showcased that because, you know, you can make a column still uh, whiskey and it's good. I mean, a lot of the bourbons are made like that. So, and it's, it's good, but yeah, there's something about pot still making it sticky and funky and, you know, all that stuff. It It's just, it's a totally different animal. So yeah, that's, that, that project is super cool. i I'm excited about that one.
1: Yeah. And you can kind of already find an aged version of a pot still and column still. So yeah. Yeah. But, I don't think it can find a completely unaged well yeah. a, aged for one second because it has to be aged. So oh. you kind of stick a stick of tooth thick in it, and now it's oak okay. aged. <laughs> now it's whiskey.
0: Wow, wow uh, that that that's kind of that's kind of like that phoenix that we were talking about earlier. Um, the, how it got the delineation of still being called whiskey, even though it never saw. I mean, it saw a barrel. Yeah. But then it was
1: redistilled. <laughs> like yeah, they, that, they counted they counted that barrel time as still good to go. It's still spent time that in these barrels. That, so the that is so crazy.
0: That uh, is so crazy. I'm going to n-
1: nothing nothing was added to it. Right. No, I so. get I guess, I guess <laughs> you're
0: right. I guess you're right. It's just it's just strange, like the TTB or who you know, is doing the, the the talk back on that. It's like there's so there's sticklers on so much, and then there's something like that. They're like I don't even know what the hell that is. Yeah, fine, whatever. Just leave it <laughs> alone, you know? It's yeah. it's pretty crazy. Like, is it a distilled spirit specialty? What is it? No, it's whiskey. It's still whiskey. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's crazy. So what is the, besides the Irish, what is the new project? Um, are you, I mean, y'all are just working single mom and the bomb Um, other than the Patreon yeah, but,
1: stuff? Yeah, the bomb is pretty much done distilling for now. Sitting in okay. Okay. 15 barrels of it. Oh, wow. Okay. It's sitting, sitting out there. Um, The Irish recipe is locked in, but we just need to kind of a place to make it on a larger scale. Otherwise, yes. it's going to take months and months to be able to fill a barrel of that. Right. When, hey, let's just lock in the recipe and then move on to a new recipe so we can lock in that recipe. and Then we have this nice lineup where. We could actually get that stuff in barrels a lot faster, bring it off larger system. So um, so maybe it, even uh maybe even we're looking at maybe doing more A B comparisons. Like we already have the A B of the Amirana uh, aged and then the just the, un, the unfinished yeah. side by sides. That's really cool. We're even thinking about uh we don't have a whole lot of it, but it's enough to do a good bottling another ab of new make
0: okay
1: we have we have a, a box of bourbon that is 135 proof it's, it's ready to go in a barrel so it's a large amount that comes from comes from our production facility it's wider cuts more of it well we decided to put it back in the still and let's do our own cuts and put those in barrels so we could do our crowded barrel flavor, our very narrow Texas cuts. And we had that up with leftovers of both. So we might do a side by side of here's a production distillery cut, here's a crowded barrel cut. They're very different. Yeah, absolutely. And also, we also cut the volume down by uh, a third, maybe. So oh. <laughs> so that's also why it's a bad idea to, to try to run. That style as a business because yeah, it's a lot less product. It is.
0: It is, and and I mean, running pot still in itself is is vastly inefficient, and that's why all the big boys, the big whiskey distilleries, are using uh uh you know a uh, uh, rectifying column still or whatever they call it because uh, they get just to get a lot more efficiency out of it. They get more product with less work, less time, less energy. I, I totally get it, but but yeah, doing those those side by sides to me are really cool. Um, I need to come pick up my Amberana one. I've uh, been meaning to do that. Amberana in itself is a strange bird. Uh, we've talked about Amberana on on here a couple times, and everybody's on you know for a while there. Everybody was on this Amberana finished page, um, and it was everywhere. Everybody was doing it but like it really has that flavor to where you're like okay like you said what it was in there what six days
1: uh yeah which we, we uh, dumped the barrel put it in the new amber on a barrel so it's brand new mm-hmm. six days it was ready to dump. it was huge impact of flavor uh then we put in another barrel into that so that'd be second use uh-huh. that was about 11 days so then we just put those two together as a six day and 11 day so we'd have a bigger batch right to buy right them, and actually be able to match the amount that we had for the unfinished version right
0: and and i have heard and i don't you know i don't know this and i know the the larger volume of, of barrels you're going to get a little bit more out of it but like i've heard you can use Amberana eight, 10 eight ten times and it'll still impart flavor so um, it's going to be interesting to see. I don't, and you might already have the third batch in there or whatever. But yeah, we're see, working on
1: our third. Yes. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, to see how much you can eke out of the barrel, um, and then you can pull it apart, shave it down, rechar it. You know, go go from there and see if you can get. I mean, and because I know that barrel was extremely expensive. Um, mm-hmm. So trying to use as much as you can out of it because people especially the people in the whiskey community that are following this um they're geeks about stuff like that they want to know what the difference is between this um and have you have you guys thought about doing like and i know you don't do the i mean you do the eleanor still as a base every once in a while when you can get barrels correct
1: yeah we get uh M- we're getting a uh, mgp still and we started getting barge to tell
0: you. oh wow okay okay so, because um you, because the sloppy poncho was giant correct yes okay okay yeah. but you're, you're not you're not using the giant for anything other than sloppy poncho or
1: yeah right now it's just so okay. okay
0: okay um so yeah it'd be cool like to see kind of at that similar thing to get uh like a, a port wine finished or a sherry finished you know and just to kind of you could I mean you could comparison until you're blue in the face you know what i mean mm-hmm. and that that was the cool thing about the the first releases of eleanor before they went to batches is they were like this one is a um you know stout barrel finished. this one is wine finished because the whiskey kind of sucked and then we had to put it in the wine but anyway um you know and this one is you know all these different finishing barrels and all these unique barrels that are just totally you know normally bourbon in each barrel you have 10 12 percent difference in each barrel but some of these barrels in and i'm looking up there because i can there's the first three when it was the old dimple bottles uh <laughs> the first three of them are up there and those to me uh especially that rex's barrel or whatever you want to call it that one was magical and i didn't save any samples because i was just being greedy and i drank it of course but um i mean it's really cool to see y'all y'all love to play around with different finishes and different things and uh, talk to us a little bit about if you can if if you're if you're in this this realm uh, about the alliance series where y'all are doing I would say independent bottling is that correct
1: uh, well the, yeah the alliance uh, I don't know who started it but there is a pretty sizable amount of just uh, most I think it's mostly Texas distilleries I mm-hmm. would say but yeah it's just hey sell us a barrel, we'll bottle it. We'll, we're gonna put your name, slap your name on it right up front and just kind of show off like, hey, check out what we got. We got this cool distillery, we have a little bottling, did a 375 mill bottles to try to have more of it so more people can get it and kind of discover other distillery stuff just kind of as a single barrel uh, release, a single barrel platform. And that's pretty fun. We do have another Real Spirits uh, release coming up. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah, I, I love Real Spirits. Uh, they're, they're doing some cool stuff, too. Yeah,
1: it was actually part of the component of the Jacqueline blend.
0: Yeah.
1: And there's exactly. a lot of it left over, so it's like, hey, like, this is on its own, this is an amazing mod. So we need to get this out. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Um, I I I got the pleasure to do a, a private. Um, we were doing a single barrel pick for a for a group, and I got to go in real ale or real spirits. Uh, they have a smaller barrel warehouse than y'all do, <laughs> but uh, I got to go in there and try. Man, they got some amazing. And it's unfortunate for them. And I need to get uh, I need to get him on here uh, and talk to him about what what they're doing as well. But like. They are a brewery, so they can't do a high corn content or a high rye content or a high wheat content. They can only do an adjunct grain um, of like, what, 20 percent, I think. So so it's like, yeah, so it's like it's really hard for them to come out with like a rye whiskey or a bourbon, (laughs) you know, they're having to like make a thing. And then kind of like try and blend it together and say, this is kind of a bourbon. It's really not, you know, um, it, but but that that's the thing, like having the right equipment. And of course, you know, if you're piggybacking off of real ale, a huge brewery that's doing some cool stuff in itself, like if you're trying to piggyback off of that, I, I get I get where they're going. They're not trying to buy a whole new brewing setup and all that stuff. But, um, you know, hopefully one day they'll say, hey, this this is actually doing something and we're going to give that that guy an actual brewing equipment so he can make some, some, uh, some bourbon or some rye or something. But, but yeah, no, they're, they're doing some cool stuff. And it's cool to showcase these other distilleries with your distillery. And that's, uh, that's one of the things that like Lost Lantern and uh, Scott's Malt Whiskey Society, that's one thing that they, they love doing is showcasing these, these other people, because like, like, like I said earlier, it's all about the whiskey community, and it's getting other people to be like, hey, you haven't heard of Talnua? Here, try some Tal Nua. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's super cool. One of my favorite uh, Alliance releases was the Wyoming whiskey. Oh, man. That, that one to me was just, it was absolutely fantastic. Um, but unfortunately, it's long gone it's been gone for a while, but I tried to save it. You know, you try and save that last little bit because you're like, Oh man. Yeah. It's going to be gone. You know, they made what 300 bottles. And I was only able to get one because they sold out, you know, like they always do. And I'm like, Oh God, I wish I could have got a full size bottle of this or something, but it is what it is. But, um, all right. So one more question and and then I will uh, wrap it up. Cause I don't want to keep you all night. Um, where do you sit and this might be a loaded question actually two questions um this might be a loaded question but where do you see crowded barrel because i know where i see it where do you see crowded barrel in say a year two years um where do you see them going um uh, not and not and- not in a derogatory way i don't mean that in a derogatory way i mean like you know in a,
1: in a good way uh, in a year, I would see kind of the production side growing in a way that kind of makes it capable of getting the Patreon design stuff to as many patrons as possible and getting just that whole production side, uh, rocking and rolling and getting a really good amount of whiskey out to Patreon. And then I see with the alchemy opening up and the thing better. Uh, I see that just becoming a bigger den of whiskey nerds. Just more whiskey nerds. More, <laughs> just bring them in, have them talking about stuff, uh, new, uh, talking about new ideas, new techniques, getting all different distillers over there, getting you know different uh, store owners over there. Uh, I see that community growing. Yeah.
0: So actually two more questions. Anyway, it's fine. Uh, I, as soon as I said one more question, five more popped up in my head. It's fine. Um, that's normally what happens on here. Um, so I forgot to ask you this and I try to ask all of my guests this. Is there a specific whiskey and I'm, I'm going whiskey cause this is a whiskey podcast, but is there a specific whiskey uh, commercial or crafty or whatever that is like kind of your go-to that you I wouldn't say a daily drinker but it's one that like when you feel like you're getting low on you want to go pick up another bottle. Is there a
1: specific one? Uh, or, well over this this particular summer I want something on a rock. Absolutely. That's been early times. It's is oh, yes. Hell Oh yes. It's available and it's just it's great on a rock. Yeah, but, it is. Um, this summer mostly that. Yeah. Yeah. No, and yeah. Um, if I, yeah. go ahead. Uh, if I could get it, I'd get Iron Root more often. Yeah, I, I know. I know. On the shelves more.
0: I I've been yelling at them to get more distribution around our area, but it's it's hard. It's hard. It hits Dallas, and then it's like, ooh, gone. I'm like, it's literally you're right there. Like, make more bottles. How hard is it? Evidently, it's pretty hard. <laughs> But uh, okay, second question. What was it? dang it. See, I started talking and I forgot what I was going <laughs> to say. Um, do you <laughs> do you enjoy um, the progression that it has made? thus far, being where you're at in, in the distillery and in the distil- distilled spirits world. Do you, is this a path that you're like, this is my jam right here?
1: Um, Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm always, I'm constantly learning at this story, constantly finding new and easier ways to do things, <laughs> especially when it comes to cleaning. I really love to find more efficient ways of cleaning. Yeah. Um, I would like to get in on more, uh, not really public tours of distilleries, but kind of like a private tour. of. Uh, I kind of want to see their work yeah. and what equipment they're using. Like That's what I'm interested in when I work in distilleries. So i kind of eyeballing what kind of uh, equipment they have, how they're storing all their machines, what chemicals they're using for cleaning, Yeah, that's that's more of what I need to get into. I want to go. uh, But usually when I end up going to places, it's a weekend and there's there's no distillers there. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're just in the tasting room having a cocktail and you're like, yeah, "Yeah, this didn't really or you get the the five cent tour. That's like, okay, here's our distillery. Look at this. Mm. Here's our barrel house. Okay, bye. Yeah, no, I, I totally get what you're saying. Like to me and coming from that, you know, being a whiskey nerd like that. I want to know the nuts and bolts, like day-to-day operation. And and I've been fortunate enough to be on a couple of distillery floors when day-to-day operations are going on. It's not as pretty as you think it would be. You know, it's a mess. There's hoses leaking yeah. everywhere. There's <laughs> people are cussing and throwing stuff. And there's mash leaking all over the floor. I'm talking to you, Moose. I know.
1: <laughs> but, <laughs> it's, it's always, oh, I, I've always meant to clean that, but I've just, yeah, sidetracked, because yeah, there's yeah. all this other stuff that needs yeah, to be done. <laughs> exactly.
0: And so so I was recently working at a local distillery here in town. <clears throat> they make gin and vodka and stuff. And it's fine, you know, if you're into stuff like that, it's fine. I mean, I, I love a good gin, but, you know, it's not whiskey. Anyway, Um, and I was talking to the, the owner slash distiller, and he was like, he was like, man, the thing is, like, I start doing something. And then I'm like, oh, I got to clean this. Oh, I got to run the still. Oh, I, got, I said. So you need more help? He goes, no. But the thing is, like, I have to do all of these things because I can't trust anybody to do it. So have have they this this caveat to my question? Have they uh, decided to give you a still hand or anything like that? Or yes. is is Daniel yeah, and, and coming Andrew's, in? Andrew's there helping me out. Uh, Andrew, yes. Yeah, right? Andrew.
1: Yeah, he's he's a new hire. Uh, he's doing. Uh, uh, most of the labeling because we, uh, we got this cool, cool little labeling machine. He's doing bottling, okay. he's helping me with the still, he's helping me with barrels, he's Sweet. helping bartending. So, he's kind of he's all over the place, he's available to do everything. Yeah, but I know what the guy was talking about like, oh, I gotta do this, but I gotta do this. And no, uh, you can't help me because if you ask me what needs to be done, I won't think of it. Yeah, I and I, I can't think tell of you it,
0: it's in yeah. here.
1: Yeah, it's it's that ADHD brain. It's like, oh yeah, internet. That, that, that's the only time it comes up is when you're in the middle of something else. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I could I, never,
1: I could never tell you these things that need to be done because I only just thought of it.
0: <laughs> absolutely. Um. So that, that's so funny. That's so funny because that's that's how I am at work too. I'm like, I got to do this, this, and this, and and all of my customers, they're like, why don't you have a helper? Why don't you have somebody to help you? I'm like, cause. They can't get in here. There's no way they could get in there. Okay. I can tell them they're gonna, gonna understand what I'm saying because I'm saying it in a way that they don't even get it. So, like, I I totally totally get where you're coming from. But yeah, no, um, I'm I'm super excited to see the future of Crowded Barrel and obviously your future too. Because I know you know you coming from the background. I'm like, hey, let's see what happens. And and it's yeah. and it's funny. A lot of the people that I've talked to. Um, on this podcast moose and and uh alan they're all they all just kind of like fuck it let's see what happens you know and they kind of fall into something and it just it just kind of works out and i feel i feel like and this is not to blow smoke up your ass because i don't want to do that but um like i feel like you're a perfect fit for that because you're And I mean, this with all due respect, you're the the right kind of crazy for that area. You're just (laughs) you're just antisocial enough to where you're like, leave me alone. But you can still get do some funky shit when they need it done. So so that that to me is it's a pretty, pretty cool thing, because if you had some if you had some hardcore guy, I worked at at uh, Four Roses for 27 years and I come over here and now I'm what? I, I don't have a full list of what to do no I can't do that you know like you got to just and then they're like oh I can't bottle I can't do this I you know you you basically have to do everything back there um which is which is really cool because it gives you a broad list of things like you're never have a dull moment you're just constantly doing something I'm sure
1: yeah.
0: so anyway all right any last words before we get out
1: um uh go learn how to homebrew go find someone and that homebrews and uh, ask if they get a uh, hang out <laughs> check out the hobby it's an awesome hobby absolutely and there's tons of support for it and there's definitely more youtube content about homebrewing than there is about distilling yes and yes, there's uh, an endless amount of information and that kind of will definitely give you uh. Uh, appreciation of beer and this community in that process and no. uh you, find, you might like it you might get to find a new hobby to nerd out with
0: <laughs> all right so they can they can find you if they if they want they can find you over at the crowded barrel you're normally in the still house you're not normally in the tasting room um right. so if, if if they wanted to they could go find you over there uh working hard in the still house sweating your ass off yeah. i understand i feel you brother
1: um but yeah. well, I get everything done by four o'clock on Friday. So I could go out and have a cigar on the deck. And <laughs> there, you go. there you go.
0: There you go. And and the cool thing about cry barrel is on Friday nights, they normally have, you know, a bunch of the, what, what they call the magnificent bastards, which are the, you know, the people of the, of the community, they come over there and everybody just kind of hangs out and has a whiskey, has a cigar or whatever, and just kind of hangs out. So that, that's really cool that you get to do that as well. Um, and, you know, Rex and Daniel aren't horrible bosses either. Um, you know, I mean, that can be up in the air, uh, but, uh, you know, they seem like they seem like they're pretty cool people. I know Daniel a little more than Rex, but uh, they both seem like they're pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that that's 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 pretty cool. So I'm really excited for you guys future and and uh, to see what's going on and uh, stick on real fast. I want to I want to talk to you. But uh, yeah, until next time, guys. Keep your spirits up.